And we are so happy to be joined by Chief Estella Patterson from the Raleigh Police Department. Thank you so much for joining us, WPTF. Thank you for having me. This is an honor to be here. It is an honor to have you with us. Let's start overall talking about some of the specific strategies for crime prevention in 2023. What are the biggest areas that you want to focus on this year? Yeah, so there are three areas um, specifically that I want to focus on, and these have been my focuses since I've been here in Raleigh. The first thing is that, you know, we got to look at crime. We always want to minimize crime as much as possible. So we want to reduce violent crime. We saw in 2020 year, 22 was a uh, very, it was, I can't say a violent year, but we, because we had an overall 2% decrease in violent crime in 2022, but we saw an uptick in our homicides. So we really want to focus on those crimes against uh, property and uh, I'm sorry, those crimes against persons as much as possible. So reducing violent crime is a main priority of mine. Also to making sure that we build up our police department. We have shortages within the agency and we want to fill those as much as possible so that we can have enough officers to keep our community safe. And then thirdly, we want to continue to engage our community because we want to use the community to help us to fight crime and to reduce crime. So let's talk about one of those things. Obviously, the shortage of police officers is nothing that's new just to the Raleigh Police, or I shouldn't say it's not new, but it's not unique to the Raleigh Police Department. National police forces are dealing with that same problem. What is Raleigh doing, if anything, differently to stop the shortage of police officers in the city? So we are recruiting heavily. Um, and we just had a pay increase of our officers, our um, entry-level officers, which our council voted on in July, which is awesome. So we're bringing our officers in um, higher than what they were before, and it's competitive with other police departments around us. Also, too, our recruitment team, they are doing a fabulous job of just going out and looking for those individuals who are interested in being police officers and working for the Raleigh Police Department. Um, We want to make sure that our applicants and those who join our police department are reflective of the community. So we want those individuals who bring diversity to the organization, those who speak other languages, um, you know, different ages, different backgrounds, different skill sets. All those things are important to us in trying to fill those vacancies. So a recent study identified Raleigh as being one of the cities with a very high, certainly in the top 20, crime rate in the nation. And how much of that would you attribute to the increase in population size that we have here? And what are the unique challenges that we face because of that increased population? Anytime you have a population growth, you're going to have a segment that comes with that that's going to impact your crime. Um, I've seen it, and I say that because I've seen it in other cities as well. This is national. And so, you know, the more that you can recognize that and try to mitigate it as much as possible, have strategies in place to be able to address it, the better it is for everybody all around. The kind of growth that we're seeing here in the Triangle and specifically in Raleigh is, is good growth. It is economic growth. We want that for our communities. We want our communities to be vibrant. But we also got to recognize that with that, there's more people on the roadway. So you're going to have more instances of road rage. You're going to have more instances of where people are violating the law by speeding. Um, you're also going to have more interactions where people are you know, upset at each other for whatever reason, which causes crime. So I don't think that that's something that um, is just exclusive to the population growth, but we expect it as part of the population growth. And do you think Raleigh is unique in terms of, you know, its placement in the rest with regard to the rest of the country? No, not really. Um, You know, the thing that I see and that I've noticed since I've come to Raleigh is Raleigh is a safe city. Mm -hmm. It is a very safe city. When you look at our crime per capita, you have to say, wow, you know, this is very good for a city, you know, 400,000 people. 
our crime rate is very low. You look at our peer cities and you can see where their violent crime is even much higher than ours. So I always remind people of that. Yes, we have seen pockets of crime. Yes, we've had an increase in homicides this year. But overall, Raleigh is a very safe city. And we're going to continue to our best to, to make sure that it continues to be as safe as it can be. In fact, we want to be the safest city in the nation. And I think that is attainable if we are very strategic about it and we're very intentional and that we make sure that our officers are in the right place and impacting crime in the way they need to. Certainly a tremendous goal for 2023. If we could become the safest city in the nation, that would be great. One of the biggest stories of 2022 was obviously the Headingham shooting. What, if any lessons, have we learned from Headingham? And are there any updates that you can share with us? Sure. You know, that investigation's ongoing. Um, but what I can say for, for the Headingham incident, as unfortunate as it was, out of that really came out an awareness. The community rallied together. Individuals who live in that area recognized that, you know, something as tragic like that could happen in your neighborhood. It could happen in any neighborhood, anywhere. But being very vigilant is the key. You know, you have to be aware of what's going on around you, um, what's going on even with your neighbors to the left and to the right of you. And if there is anything suspicious, you really have a duty to report that. You know, I think many times as residents, as citizens, we're, we feel that we don't want to pass judgment. We don't want to make assumptions about things, but we have to be vigilant um, in our approach. And then also, to you know, we know that the suspect in that case was a juvenile. We have to pay more attention to our young people and ensure that they have a voice that they're being heard and that when we see that there might be occasion for issues with them, that we are addressing that. Um, we did see in 2022 that there was an uptick in the number of offenses committed by juveniles. Um, that is disturbing to see and disturbing to know. And so I think we just have to pay very close attention to that. Um, I commend our school systems, Wake County Schools, as long, along with some of our youth programs that are really trying to do that, really trying to address, being more intentional about it. Um, it's necessary. It is very necessary at this time. And the old, if you see something, say something, thing still applies. Oh, of course. Absolutely. And don't ever think that, you know, you're being too intrusive or that you're bothering the police. If you see something, please, by all means, call 911. Important. Obviously, the goal is to get in front of crime rather than react to it. And um, you, what are some of the challenges, though, of proactive patrols? Mm. Oh, I think... The most obvious is just staffing, right? So when you have a city that has calls for service repeatedly, our officers do get tied up doing that, that they're answering those calls. But having those proactive units where they can do, they can be in those areas where we know that are problematic, where the community demands that we are, it's important to us. So those proactive approaches that we take, I've always been an advocate of that. Uh, making sure that our officers are in the right place where we see the repeat of crime and the repeat offenses. We just have to keep doing that. And we are speaking with Chief Estella Patterson of the Raleigh Police Department. Emergency responders from the RPD, by all accounts, did an incredible job responding during the Raleigh Christmas Parade. And one of the things that stood out most clearly in my mind as being one of the witnesses there was the fact that you saw Raleigh police officers with pen in hand talking to some of the children involved and interviewing them in a very delicate manner about that incident. What stands out to you most as part of that overwhelming response to the parade? Mm -hmm. So many great things. Our officers responded in mass. We had officers who came in who were off that day, that heard it, saw it on the news, and they just responded immediately, didn't ask any questions, say, where, you, where do you need me to go? 
we saw everyone really, really stepping up on a level that we have never seen, that we have not seen before since I've been here. Let me put it that way. And I was, I'm just extremely proud of that. Um, so much so that Attorney Josh Stein recognized the Raleigh Police Department with a Dogwood Award for our response. Um, but just the little things like you said, too, just embracing the community, going out, talking to members. We, we knew from that incident that members of our community was very shaken over what occurred. And not only was the response great on that day, but the aftermath as well, going out to the community, doing those proactive patrols just through there so that people could feel a sense of calm was very important. And then, too, like you said, just getting out with young people. I know that I went to Headingham two days or maybe two or three days afterwards just to check in on the community, see how things were going. And I saw a little girl in the park and she was with her mother and we just got out with them and just, you know, had a conversation, see how they were feeling. And I loved it that they said, you know, we're not going to allow one incident to stop us from coming out to the playground. I bring my daughter out here every single day. I will continue to do that because that's good for her physical health and her mental health. And I really love seeing that. The unity that had come out of that incident, I think, was just outstanding. It really was. And, and being a firsthand person who saw exactly what was happening, it was really touching to see the way they handled themselves during that. Absolutely. Very tragic story. Yes. So I understand that it is an active investigation and what you might be able to say is limited, but is there any update that you can give us on the Daryl Williams investigation? Um, Not at this time. Okay, and we respect that. Talk about how policing has changed over the years. You've certainly seen it from an interesting perspective over the years. How has policing changed in your eyes? Yes, so it's a much more difficult job than it was 26 years ago when I came on the police force. Um, During that time, I, I come from a background of community policing, I was one of those officers that was in my neighborhood. I knew people. They knew me. We could talk. We could have conversations. I said, if you need anything, just call me. And, you know, gradually we've moved away from that. And it's largely due to the volume of calls that officers have to respond to. Um, I'd love to see us get back wholeheartedly to that kind of community engagement. And, and, we're, and we're doing it. I mean, we, we are. I'm not going to say that it's not occurring because we really push that and we expect our officers to be doing that. But I think it's just we're in a climate now where things are so different now, just period, as a society. Also, too, you know, just the goals and the expectations of police. Um, I think today, in today's time, everyone expects us to be all things to everyone. Uh, we, are, we are operating outside our job description, um, for lack of better, you know, phrase or terminology on that. You know, we're expected to be all things to all people and it creates challenges for us because, you know, at the end of the day, we want to make our community safe and we want to do those things to make them safe. And when we get a call because my teenager doesn't want to go to school today, (laughs) you know, that's parenting. You have to work through that as a parent and allow us as police officers to do the job that we are supposed to do. Are you, certainly the genre of crimes too has changed so now you have people approaching people in bookstores, you know, scouting them out for sex trafficking rings, which, you know, those kind of crimes didn't necessarily exist to the level that they do today, 20 years ago. That is so correct. not only that, but you're operating under the microscope of social media. Yes, very much so. And, you know, in my view on social media is it is what you make it right. So every opportunity you have to showcase the great work that our officers are doing, the positives in our society. I think we should utilize it for that as well. But you're absolutely right. Cyber stalking, cyber crimes, um, exploitation, we're seeing a lot of that more so than we've seen in in the past. It is something that is prolific. Our youth 
We talk about them victimizing, but they're also being um, victimized. And so those kinds of things um, really causes problems for us as a society. And we've, and we've got to come together as a people to figure out how do we handle that? How do we deal with it? How do we curb that? Is that in the minds of, I mean, it has to be, I'm asking you kind of a rhetorical question, but is that in the minds of officers when they go out knowing that there could be a potential protest at every given incident that they're at? Sure. And this is the capital city. This is protest heaven. I mean, this is where everybody comes, the protests, the legislature. And so we're, I think um, our police department is well trained and they're acclimated and they're used to doing that. It, it doesn't come as a surprise to us. And, and we have it down to an art in terms of protecting First Amendment rights. I'm a staunch believer that as citizens, we should be able to exercise that right. And we're going to make sure that you can. It's just when the protest becomes riotous, when it becomes civil unrest, that's problematic. And we won't tolerate that on any level. We cannot do that because those who are there to exercise their constitutional rights should be able to without restriction. Mm -hmm. And probably the most controversial topic that we'll address this morning is let's talk about revenge. Um, Jimmy Garoppolo could be replaced by Brock Purdy. Your 49ers are still in the game. They are. Very surprised that you're a 49ers fan. Oh, (laughs) I am a staunch 49ers fan. And uh, we have a big game Sunday, and we're headed to Glendale. That's all I'm going to say about that. But I will tell you that I'm extremely, extremely happy to see the young quarterback just doing a phenomenal job as he's been doing. Brock Pretty is just showing out. Love it, love it, love it. And he has a lot of weapons around him. I thank the Carolina Panthers all the time for Mm -hmm. Christian McCaffrey. Um, He is playing lights out football. It's amazing. We're headed to Glendale. I'm very disappointed that you're no longer a Miami Dolphins fan, which you told me before we went on the air. (laughs) Oh, yeah. That was, um, I think, when I was about six or seven years old. Um, That was my first team, my first love. I have since transitioned. Okay. Well, we won't hold that against you. But you're go 49ers, right? Yes. Niner Nation. (laughs) (laughs) Chief Estella Patterson, thank you so much for being our guest this morning. Is there anything that you wanted to add that I neglected to ask? Uh, I would like to just say, and thank you again for having me on. This is just, I'm just excited to be here. Um, I will tell you that because we talk so much about a different time that we're in, I always ask the public, I I ask you to support your local law enforcement, Um, not just the Raleigh Police Department, but all law enforcement in general, because the job is very difficult um, that we do. Our officers are heroes. They do amazing things every day. And I don't think people see or hear that all the time. So the one looking at the reports and knowing the work that they do and watching the body-worn cameras, I want to really say that. And also, too, that I understand, you know, the community's perspective as well. We want to make sure that our officers are held accountable. And I am the chief that will make sure that that happens. We're not going to allow our officers to do things that impact the trust in our community. We're always going to work to build that trust in every way that we can. Chief Estella Patterson with the Raleigh Police Department, we thank you so much. Despite the fact that you're a 49ers fan, it has been an absolute honor to have you on. Thank you so much. Thank you.